da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Uh, yeah, that's right. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Welcome in, man fam. Thanks for being here and listening tonight. Uh, this is Brian. I am hosting for once. That's weird. It's always weird when we're out of our normal roles. But uh, if this is the first time listening, I know. I'm very confused. Uh, the pants are on the first I'm listening to the Mad About Movies podcast. Number one, welcome. Number two, um, I'm not usually the host. Usually that honor belongs to my dear friend kent garrison how you doing kent hey it's sadie hawkins day here on the show mm. brian uh, we're switching it. roles up and it feels weird definitely feels weird mm. for th- i'm still yeah. in the same spot though Strange. hanging out in the corner <laughs> sipping punch waiting to be weird that we it's weird that we switch seats i don't know why we needed to do that we yeah it's a little weird continue. you're at each other's but, uh, houses which yeah, is weird it's yeah <laughs> yeah could you uh, check on coop for me um richard how are you tonight my friend i'm uh i'm great I am fantastic. How are you guys? Good. I'm buddy. doing all right. Uh, just a little backstory here. Uh, tonight we're talking <laughs> Maze Runner and Kent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've true story. Not, never seen one frame of any Maze Runner movie. So honestly, I felt it would be very disingenuous of me to spearhead and lead this episode <laughs> in this is very intellectually and educationally stimulating conversation <laughs> that I'm sure Brian is going to yeah. have. With our uh-huh. guest, um, which I will immediately disrupt with my uh, input. So I'm <laughs> stepping out of the review section, and Brian and Richard will yeah. spear ahead on uh, for the movie of the week, which sure. is Maze Runner 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. Well, we, we're, we're kind of spreading the racket. We have a guest tonight, so I thought, well, two of us have to join since we have a guest. So Ken's mm-hmm. going to take the review off because he has never seen a Bra- Maze Runner before. Brian <laughs> has, has seen all the Maze run- uh-huh. uh, Runners. Yeah. I'm very and, Maze Runner ish. Strike in yeah. the middle here. I have now seen one hour of Maze Runners. So, <laughs> pretty fired up. So, very what we're saying is uh, if this is your first time listening, you may want to go find a different episode and check that out. Uh, if you're a regular listener of the Mad About Movies podcast, then you know that this is kind of the shenanigans that we like to pull. And uh, we're excited to talk with our guest tonight. And uh, for for at least two of us, he and I, to uh, have some very intellectual Maze Runner discussions, and for Richard to chime in on that and uh, to get some extra sleep. So (laughs) it's good. It's a good setup. So we're gonna get into do our review here in just a bit. But first, I want to do two things. Number one, I want to uh, I've got a few shout outs. If you guys don't mind, Um, we have a. uh, Why don't you tell us about the VIP Club, Kent? Give us a little background on that, and then I'll uh, I'll read some some lovely names. so another little background inside baseball on the show. Um, tonight in America is the State of the Union Address. And uh, what we do mm. on here on the show around this time of year is give our Mad About Movies State of the Union. And uh, so right now I would like to do that and just tell the man fam that the state of the Mad About Movies Union is great. Uh, everything has been <laughs> going great. We have been, loved the support we are getting in the VIP club. And uh, what we did earlier this year um, – Less than a year ago at this point is we started a VIP club uh, on madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. Uh, it's a Patreon page in which uh, people can subscribe and get various gifts. And uh, we've done a lot of fun things, some fun T-shirts and giveaways and uh, special Christmas presents and uh, input on the shows we've gotten from the VIPs, some of the VIPs you have heard on the show. And that has been great. But So what we did there is we've moved all of our donation segments uh over to that. So if you want to support the show, if you like what we're doing, 
We do bonus episodes once a week on the VIP feed for $1 a week. So if you think an episode is worth a dollar, that's great um, because you're going to get two of those if you're a VIP. So it's going to be 50 cents. You're going to get an even better deal over there. <laughs> um, so we think that is a, a good starting point uh, for the VIPs to get full access to all of our bonus content. And we do more than just throwback episodes. We do uh, some Oscar-y type episodes we're going to do on the VIP feed here in the next month uh, before the Oscars. We're going to do uh, some more sports. Mad About Sports is a podcast that we have created and spun off, which is available available now exclusively on that feed, and uh, some more fun shenanigans. So if you've thought about, man, mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. want to give throw them 20 bucks just for the past three years of me listening to their podcast, uh, the way to do that would be sign up for the VIP club. Uh, for that would that would what twenty bucks will give you five months of the VIP club something mm. like that. That's that's a good deal. So yeah, uh, that's a lot of cocaine for us as yeah, well. Yeah, it is. It good. supports a very necessary habit. You know, <laughs> um, it's um, good. Medicinal. It's good. Medicinal. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So uh, so that's the deal. Uh, we yeah. if you want to support us and you and you like what we do, we really would like for you to join the VIP club. And that that not only gives us an opportunity to say thank you to those people who have donated, but it gives us an opportunity to talk about more than just the movie of the week, which we do here on the main feed mm-hmm. and we enjoy and we yeah. will always do that. But it opens up the Pandora's box, if you will, on spinoff uh, conversations that we just might have and record. And we're like, well, that's not going to work for, for the main feed. It's not the right audience. And we'll put those up for the VIPs. And so they get kind of an all access pass amount about movies. So that's, that's that. And so Brian now is going to shout out mm. some people tonight that have been a part of that club that we would like to say thank you to. So Brian, yeah. take her away. So tonight we're saying big, big thanks to Stephen Clare, Elizabeth Milligan, Robert Morgenthaler, Tyler Owen, Tommy Quintero Castro. It's a great name. I like that. Uh, Cody Schuler, Matthew Doloff, Scott Holmes. Michael Albright, Amiola Banwo, who's going to be uh, joining us for for Black Panther episode, which I'm super excited about. I can't wait for Black Panther. Brian Anderson, not Ryan Anderson of the Rockets, who will never be allowed in the VIP club, and <laughs> Raymond Hamilton. So thank you so much to those names. We're still working our way through the list. So if you still haven't heard your name called, I promise it's coming and, and we'll knock those out. But we want to give you know, 10 or 12 people at a time, uh, their, their moment in the sun. So thank you so much to those people for, for joining us on the VIP. And, and if you'd like to be a part of that, just do what Kent said and, uh, and sign up. So we feel good about that. We're ready to move on. Yeah. Uh, okay. I feel so great about that. Perfect. Perfect. Absolutely let's great. talk Oscars. We're going to be doing Maze Runner here in a few minutes, but let's talk Oscars. We did our uh, best and worst episode last week. It dropped on the day that the Oscars, uh, the Oscar nominations came out. So we still haven't had a chance to chime in on that. So we're very timely. We're a full week behind at this point. Uh, I will say up front, if you're an Oscar fan or if you just uh, like shenanigans, as I've said before, we will be doing a, uh, a post game show for the Oscars right after that show is over on March the fourth and uh you'll definitely want to follow us on twitter as well we we, uh, we live tweet that and and usually have a good time with it so uh be ready for that but we we do have the nominations you guys have seen the nominations yes or we or I have, breaking news i have guys? seen okay. i've seen the majority of the nominations i i have a roundabout okay. uh idea of of what they entail but uh let's let's go, go sure. over the headlines i guess the big okay. shockers maybe snubs if you will mm-hmm. uh the biggest snub sure. i saw thrown out there on twitter uh was wonder woman 
because uh yeah that sure got a lot of play yeah the uh the the news outlets were very quick to wonder woman completely snubbed at the academy awards (laughs) nothing has changed for the academy um maybe guys maybe it just wasn't good enough this year ever think about that Mm. like there was another movie Mm. that they thought was better and they nominated that instead it's not this big conspiracy to not nominate wonder woman i can guarantee you that if it had been among the best movies of the year it probably would have been nominated i i don't know yeah. what else to say. It's, it's not. Uh, it's really that simple. I don't know. Yeah, it's. It was a uh, look. That was an easy talking point. That's yeah. why it got yep. the buzz that it did. And it's. I don't know. It. It. It wasn't helpful. I don't think because I. I. We all really liked Wonder Woman a lot. We gave it very yeah. good grades. It was in our consideration for you know favorite movies of the year and blah 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 blah. It's a very. It's a fine film. Um, don't understand why anyone thought that that was going to happen. Like the, the freaking dark Knight did not get the Oscar nominations that it deserved. And that's the best superhero movie of all time. So maybe let's just take what we can get and, uh, and move along. But, but anyway, I, my big deal is this is not just this year, but, but every year, I feel like if you're going to say something is a snub uh, or something has been snubbed, you you have to back it up with a, a reasonable argument as to why something that was nominated should have right. been uh, left off instead. And so you, you go down this list and it's like, look, Gal Gadot was fantastic in Wonder Woman. I loved it. Um, who do you want her to replace? Because this is like the strongest actress in a leading role uh, category that we've seen in, in, I don't know, a decade. I mean, it's it's an incredible list. And the same for directing and the same for best picture and on down the list. I just, I don't know where you really, if you want to start, I don't know, picking at like costume design and things like that, then maybe that's, that's something. Um, but, you know, you're, we're not. There was never a world in which Wonder Woman was going to be nominated for Best Picture or Director or Actress or blah 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 blah. So that's I don't know. It, it's yeah. always it's always a little frustrating. Brian, what, to me. I think what what uh, most people tend to point to in this scenario is the subjectivity of the Academy every year on how many Best Picture nominees they're gonna they're gonna put out mm-hmm. there. And mm-hmm. this year it was nine. In years past, it's been five. It's been as many as ten. Some years, and so when a movie that they feel like is the defining movie of that year, arguably, is not in consideration for best picture of the year. I think that's where people are more offended rather than, sure. um, oh, Gal Gadot or, oh, uh, their effect sure. great. Uh, Patty Jenkins didn't get nominated for best director. So I I would feel very weird if it got nominated for best picture and then it didn't have a best director nomination or a best supporting actress mm. nomination or whatever. Have had nothing sure. to back it up except best picture. Well, that would feel more disingenuous than if they didn't nominate it. So I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know what yeah. to say. Well, and if that's your, if that's the beef, I, I've always said I think that the having this random number of best picture nominations is bad. It should just be ten every year. Let's just get ten and be done with it. But regardless, if they went to a tenth movie, I got to break it to a lot of people. I guess it wouldn't. It still wouldn't have been Wonder Woman. Like if they did fifteen yeah. nominations, maybe Wonder Woman creeps in at that point. But like. If we're gonna we're gonna say well we're gonna do ten for sure well I you know uh, I think Logan and and yeah. Thor both have Logan, a claim Logan to that spot before gotten, we get to Wonder I can Wonder consider yeah. Logan a snub because it was nominated sure. for screenplay 
You so, know that, and and you know you can I Tanya and and possibly Florida Project. I mean, there, I'm just saying there was a there was a lot of films ahead of Wonder Woman on the list. If uh, if even if we went to ten, but let look, let's go through. Let's do yeah. it as quick as we can. I'm going to go through the main categories. I'll read off the nominees, and you guys just chime in if you after we do that, and just if there's one that jumps out at you, either as like that's who, whatever you want to say. If there's somebody you want to you feel like needs to be uh, counted in and, and in place of someone else, then do that, or just we we can just yeah. briefly discuss all the main categories and then and then we'll move on. We've got lots of Oscar coverage coming through uh, through the episodes and on the newsletter this week and everything else. So so let's I'm going to start with actor actor in a leading role Timothy Chalamet from Call Me by Your Name Daniel Day Lewis of Phantom Thread uh, Daniel Kaluuya of uh, Get Out Gary Oldman Darkest Hour and Denzel for Roman J Israel Esquire. I think that's the surprise uh of the nominees. I those other the first four I think were pretty well locked in stone. Yeah. Wasn't expecting Denzel. I still haven't seen that movie. I think I've seen the rest of these pretty much across the board, but I haven't gotten to to Roman J Israel. So I I, I can't comment on that, but I was surprised. I, the, I was surprised this, that he got the nomination. Does this feel to you guys like a we can't nominate James Franco, so Denzel yes. is going to get it yes, here. Yes, it does. It, it kind of yes, feels like a uh, substitution nomination. I know he got nominated for the Golden to Globe well. too, but um, how can you win Best Actor in the Globes and not even be nominated in the Oscars? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I know. Well, comedy, but yeah, it's 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 a strange. Still, it's just, yeah, yeah. It, it was that was what I expected. I thought Franco had that spot locked up, and and I, to be honest, I thought Hanks might get the the yeah. nomination if if Franco got got kicked away. So, Richard, you got any thoughts there? I guess. Uh, oh, sorry. Daniel Day Lewis is uh, sorry, guys, probably sorry, guys. my favorite in the besides Gary Oldman. But go ahead, Richard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's Oldman's. You know, there's some starting to be some kind of Franco-y uh, murmurs about Gary Oldman. But do they vote all at once? Do they all? Do they just vote and then the top five vote getters are nominees. They don't vote again, right? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think yeah, they vote I again. Th- I think they. I the think it's probably winners technically Oldman, already been picked. Oldman, then yeah, yeah. Then it's probably definitely Oldman um, because there's there's starting to be. I'm starting to see some some behavioral issues for for Mr. Oldman. Perhaps that if they were going to vote again in a couple yikes. weeks, that would be. Uh, I I don't know. You, you, you know, totally allegations and whatever. But they are the kind of things that can swing elections, right? I mean, we saw it with Franco. So so if they were to vote again, I would think maybe that the late momentum of of maybe Daniel Day Lewis and things like that. But, but, uh, if they've already, that's vo- already all been done. I would think, uh, I think it's Oldman's, but, uh, yeah, no quarrel really. I, I mean, I haven't seen uh, Roman Jay's role either. I was trying to think if there was anything else that was really as good. Um, for lead actor, you know, was, I had a lot of that supporting was, yeah, actors that to, I like. Yeah. But. I'm trying to think that was any, I'm trying to think anything from earlier in the year. Um, no, I mean, no, I mean, uh, Tim Allen and Wild Hogs. I mean, just retroactively. <laughs> <laughs> Still waiting. Still waiting. Still this was waiting. a very okay. female-centric lead performance yes. year. Shape of Water yes. was led by a female. Three Billboards led by a female. Lady Bird, female-led. Uh, so the the stronger movies and the stronger performances were definitely on the, on the female women side of things, Brian, like you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's go to lead so, actress. Let's move there. Yeah, yeah, our lead actress categories: Sally Hawkins, uh, Frances McDormand, Margot Robbie, uh, Cersei Ronan, and Meryl Streep. That's about as good as I've ever seen. <sighs> yeah. that category. Um, that's that's really. It, it's not just that they're all very good performances, which they are. It's their big names, a lot of them, and they're all coming from uh, movies that 
were female led, which I, I know maybe that sounds dumb to be like the leading the the nominees and you know the, uh, actors in a leading role are from female led. That's not always the case, right? Right. And so we we have that, and they're they're all movies that have been out there that people could see, which I I greatly appreciate. I hate when, especially for actors in a leading role and actress supporting role, when those categories are like movies that made two hundred fifty thousand dollars. I hate that because it's just it kind of furthers some of the issues that we are, you know, currently dealing with. So I, I love it. I think it's an incredible cast. I think so too. I'm, I'm putting, I hedge my bets on Francis just because of the past um, awards that she's won. Uh, Cersei would be my number two pick if I was a betting man and uh, upset winner could be Sally Hawkins, shape of water. Uh, oddly, I see Meryl Streep as the fourth favorite in this category, followed mm-hmm. by Margot Robbie. Uh, Same. And last, but those are all, strong enough to win and i can't say that most years so uh any other thoughts on that or let's hit supporting roles here yeah supporting actors always my favorite category it's Mm -hmm. it's always the strongest to me there's like i've said before you could probably put you could probably nominate 20 guys and we still would be like man i don't know somebody got snubbed so it's it's a really strong category uh willem dafoe woody harrelson richard jenkins christopher Plummer. And uh, and Sam Rockwell, Rockwell, excuse me, American Treasure, Sam Rockwell, uh, come out as the nominees. On uh, nominees, Richard, you got any thoughts there? I like nominees. I prefer that. Nominees. I'm going nominees from here me on. Too. Yeah. Me too. I uh, no, no. I mean, it, that's actually kind of the weaker support, weakest supporting actor in, in some time. Um, still, still a great category, but sometimes those are you know, like you said, there's been some incredible. Incredible nominees there, but uh, you know, I think I I'll take chalk. I'll take chalk on this one. I think it's going to be a pretty chalky, uh, mm-hmm. pretty chalky uh, Academy Awards. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't see an upset there, but I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting to see uh, both uh, three billboards guys nominated in the same category. Also, mm-hmm. Christopher Plummer being nominated for a movie that he didn't even know he was going to be in three months ago. Uh, <laughs> That's just a total funny. just middle finger at yeah. Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Yeah. I, that's a, like I said, always a great category. Uh, in our newsletter, this, which comes out next week, segue or plug, there we go. Um, I'm going to, I think I would probably, this is the only category where I would probably sub out two or three of the nominees for, for other people. But again, I just think that's because of how strong that category, you know, it always is. It always who is strong. Would, who so. would you sub out? Um, and Thor. I would start with Christopher Plummer for sure. I, yeah. Like that movie was solid and he's fine in it. And, and like what they did was incredible, but I, I don't know that it's really deserving of, of a nomination, especially in like a, a category that's just, it's always stacked. But, and even, you know, I thought Richard Jenkins was great in shape of water. I don't know that he's better than Michael Stuhlbarg. Who's also in that movie. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's hard to, it, I, I don't think there's anyone there that's like undeserving by any means, but I think there are for personal favorites. There are other options that I would, I might've, I might've liked to see Patrick Stewart for Logan or, uh, Ooh, that'd be for cool. me even like John Hamm. For, I love John Hamm and ba- baby driver. So that's, that was never going to get a nomination, but if I was casting my own, uh, ballot. That's that's probably I probably would have slid him into to that fifth spot. So um, yep. so that's me. But that's that's going to be a great category. Actress in a supporting role: Mary J. Blige for Mudbound, Allison Janney, American Treasure, Leslie Manville, Laurie Metcalf, and Octavia Spencer. What do you guys think on that category? Leslie Manville, a late entry, and she was great in Phantom Thread. 
Um, I think that's going to be Allison Janney. Uh, Lori Metcalf, I would put second best odds followed yeah, by Octavia I'm Spencer. I'm for Metcalf hard. Yeah. I think that's better performance. I think yeah. I think Allison Janney's great in everything she does, and I'm so pumped she's got to get an Academy Award. So macro, I'm fine with it, but just performance for performance. And I love Itania. I just think that's a little bit Saturday Night Live-y of a performance, um, whereas Lori Metcalf is a little more grounded and I think really... Really great, but but if either of them win, that's a win for America. I think so too. Sure, yeah, yeah. Cool to see Mary J. Blige get nominated. Uh, maybe this yeah. will spawn a like an acting career for her. Uh, I still have not seen Mudbound, but after all the nominations it got, I'm definitely going to see that before the Oscars mm. uh, on Netflix. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I saw yeah. Mudbound, and I I just I don't I thought she was good. I I don't know. It it was as it's a strange to me. It's a, she's like the fifth best uh, performance in the movie, and it's it's kind of weird that that's the one that's getting all the the hype for me personally. But you know, it's I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw a fit about it. It's just it was yeah. a strange. I was surprised to see her name come up so many times on all of these lists. I just I didn't expect that having watched Mudbound and been like, okay, it was you know she was fine. Uh, but you know that's how it goes sometimes. Uh, let's go to director directing. Your category, your uh, nominees are Christopher Nolan, Jordan Peele, uh, Greta Gerwig, uh, Wes, well, excuse me, P.T. Anderson, almost said Wes Anderson, and uh, Guillermo del Toro. Those are your five names. Anything jump out at you? Yeah, it just jumps out that we have Jordan Peele and Greta Gerwig in a category with Christopher Nolan, Paul Thomas Anderson, and Guillermo del Toro. That's pretty... That's pretty awesome. Crazy year. It's like next year being like, and the Academy Award for Best Director is... Bo Burnham, you're like whoa, <laughs> like, like that, <laughs> this year really like we're we're moving forward, guys. Like we're doing this. It's just very very cool to see the new talent, the up and the new generation of filmmakers, kind of taking over that category. Spielberg not direct, not uh, nominated this year. That's a travesty. Mm. Uh, Edgar yeah. Wright not naming nominated. That's a travesty. Um, but I can't knock anyone that is nominated because those are very strong. I would say probably the weakest is Phantom Thread just because um yeah like I said it was in my opinion the least flashy um from a directorial standpoint that Paul Thomas Anderson's ever been but I mean on his worst day is 99% of other directors best day so uh very good very strong category I would put the favorite at Guillermo del Toro though with a with a sneaky yeah. sneaky uh suspicion that uh get out could win best director and that could be it for it um just recognize jordan peele and it doesn't win best picture or, or best actor and it wins that and and that's it and that that'd be cool too i'd like to see that yeah you know what's strange to me is like i think three billboards has solidified itself as the the favorite at this point mm-hmm. as uh for best picture and and martin mcdonough is not True. nominated mm-hmm. and that's always i hate that it's always weird to me when if it were to some, if it does win Best Picture and it's not nominated for direction, just like well, okay, then it was, I guess it was directed by no. I I don't understand. It's it's a weird it's a weird thing. It's a it's a stacked pack. I get it. Um, yeah. But I'm but I'm with you. Spielberg not being in is is a problem to me. I I thought his even Richard. I don't want to speak for you, RB, but even as the the resident post hater on this show. You even said that he's, you know, his his work was incredible on that. I I'm a little surprised that that Spielberg didn't didn't make the list, uh, and I I would quickly without any hesitation sub him in for for P T Anderson. But that's that's yeah, just I'm me. I'm surprised I, that I mean, is 
someone who didn't care for the post. I was actually, and this, I don't mean this in any gloating way. I was actually surprised that it's what it have two mm-hmm. nominations: picture and and streep. Yeah, I um, think so. That was surprising to me. I thought mm-hmm. produ- some of the production design and stuff would would certainly get recognized. I was I was actually surprised. Sure. Sure. Yep. So there's directing. Uh, I'm going to go to the let's go to the script. Adapted screenplay, kind of a down year for adopt uh, for adapted screenplay and adopted screenplay. Still waiting for a lot of screenplays to be adopted. Uh, Call me by your name. The disaster artist Logan, Molly's game, and Mudbound are the nominees. Very cool that Logan got nominated for adapting the old yes. man Logan comic uh, graphic mm-hmm. novel. Uh, mm-hmm. Very. They did a great job in, in turning that into something cinematic. I like that. Um, man, I haven't read the source material for Call Me By Your Name, but that was just a very touching film. Um, the Disaster Artist is the opposite of that, and it's just for fun. So I would like to see uh, if that would get consideration here. This is a hard category. Aaron Sorkin, of course, is a shoe in for most screenplay awards, uh, at least a nomination. And Mudbound, again, I have not seen. So. Side unseen, I would give this to Call Me By Your Name, but um, mm. again, I, I need to see two of these still. What would you guys sure. say? Uh, I still haven't seen Call Me By Your Name. Uh, the others I have, I would probably, it's to me, it would be Disaster Artist versus Molly's Game. I don't think Disaster Artist is going to get anything, so that that wouldn't surprise me if it's if it's not a winner there. Logan would be cool. It'd be cool to see that come away. It's like a sort of a uh, I don't know, like a, just an, a, a little bit of a of a tip of the hat to that movie. It'd be very general. odd for its only award to be oh yeah, the it'd be very strange. <laughs> like, what? But, but but that is very that is a very Oscars thing to do. Be like, oh, this movie was fun and interesting and took us by surprise. Let's give it an let's give it an Oscar for a script. That'll that'll mm-hmm. appease everybody. So that wouldn't surprise yeah. me there at all um i'm gonna go let's move on to original screenplay much better year i think for original scripts which is great that's a huge thing moving forward the big sick get out ladybird shape of water and three billboards outside ebbing missouri that's stacked man that's a yeah. really strong category so mcdonough was nominated for original screenplay he did write that so um Maybe that makes up for his lack of best director. If he wins this and then wins picture, I think that makes that makes some sense. Um, cool to see, again, Greta and Jordan nominated mm-hmm. here. Really cool to see Kumail Nanjiani and uh, yeah. Emily Gordon nominated for The Big Sick, which is based on their actual relationship on how they met. And um, now they're, I guess, married at this point. So very cool autobiographical story there. Um, Shape of Water is Guillermo del Toro being Guillermo del Toro. And you can't knock that. This is a strong category, but from a screenwriting standpoint, I would give this probably to Three Billboards or Lady Bird. Uh, what do yeah. you guys think? Yeah, that's kind of where I come yeah. out. I think Lady Bird for me, really, probably, yeah. yeah, really great scripts, and it's hard to, it's hard to uh, take anything away from, from any of them. I would have liked to see Baby Driver slide in there. See, having seen yeah. Baby Driver in June, I thought there's no chance this doesn't get uh, like a script nomination, if not director or best picture, and, and have been proven wrong. Cause if, if Quentin Tarantino had June, written it, but, uh, it would have been nominated. Yes, like, I, I, don't, I just, think that's spot on. Yeah, I don't I know. That's spot on. So it's cool that Baby it. Driver got all the sound awards or nominations and stuff, but uh, I, I think I would have put, for me personally, I would have put Baby Driver in there over shape of water but that's you know that's me 
Yeah. Um, the big one, best best picture, nine nominees: Call Me by Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, I just want to chime in before we get to this uh, and reveal our best picture picks. Um, want to say big shame in the uh, best live action foreign. Uh, shorts that Bartholomew's Balloons was not nominated this year. Thought it was great. Definitely okay. deserved at least a nomination. Bartholomew's Balloons. Hashtag Bartholomew's Balloons. Um, <laughs> not nominated. Let's start. Let's start picketing tomorrow. But for best picture <laughs> for me, um, man, three billboards. It's got the edge. Uh, Shape of Water seems to be the one to beat. I think we talked about that one in terms of the buzz right now. Um. But uh, Lady Bird or Get Out, I could see definitely winning. Um, the only one that I would say, like, what? Would be Darkest Hour. If it won, I'd be like, yes. what? Um, yeah. Phantom Thread, even, I would I would think less. Uh, I'll be less confused about if that winning than, than Darkest Hour, even though I'm sure Darkest Hour is, uh, has appealed to more people. Um, it's just, it just the, the least likely pick on there would be the least likely odds would be that one. Um, I'm, I'm going neck and neck at Shape of Water and Three Billboards, though. Uh, it could it could come down mm-hmm. to the wire, just a la Moonlight and La La Land. Uh, it could it could be either one of those, and um, we might not really know the the, the feeling in the room until that night. Um, so, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. early gut says three billboards, just because it's a safer pick than uh, Shape of Water. Yeah, that's I to me it, it does seem like it's a three billboards versus Shape of Water year. I kind of hope that over the next month because it's still a solid five weeks until we get to the actual ceremony i it would it's becoming more and more to me it it would seem weird if i look back in 10 years at 2017 and get out did not win best mm-hmm. picture because to me it, it's it remains the i said this in our best and worst episode it's the only movie this year that i think has a chance to be like a classic like an iconic film way down the, the line and was just such a huge piece of the culture uh of the year i i just i don't know i three billboards is great shape of water has some great stuff in it i'm not a huge fan of it but it, you know i get it i understand why it's as well received as it is it it would seem odd to me if at this point if get out wasn't uh wasn't the winner but you know hey we still have five weeks to develop uh massive backlashes against all of these movies and somehow like darkest hour <laughs> wins you know so there's there's time yep. there's time to to get those in so we'll see yeah um also baby driver was nominated for best sound editing and sound mixing brian and i can't wait to explain those to you in our oscar <laughs> yeah show. every year yes yeah. so hold on to yeah. it until march yeah. the 4th and then it's gonna be good know. yeah it's gonna be good this year i'll tease that um so uh i will now leave the show and leave this uh on to my cohorts Richard oh, and God. Brian. but oh, i'm gonna finally. go ahead and uh and give my weekly recommend for the week uh, and uh, you guys can have yours uh, in that segment. But my rec- recommend for this week is a horror movie that I just revisited called You're Next. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but this is a pretty terrifyingly uh, fun <laughs> horror slasher movie that came out. Uh, I think it was 2013 it came out, or 2014 it came out. Um, but this is one that I rewatched maybe over the past couple of weeks, and it really got me wanting a sequel or a uh, more backstory on it uh, is one of the funner kind of standalone slasher movies of the past five years. Uh, you're next or you are next is what it's called. And uh, it's worth your time. If you're into fun 
horror movies. And I know the people who have seen it will, uh, will message us and be like, good call. Loved, loved your next. Didn't get it. Didn't get a lot of praise at the time. I remember mentioning it, uh, right after I'd seen it on the podcast, but, uh, hadn't revisited since I did now. And it has one, I will say maybe the most badass female heroine on screen over the past five years. Uh, if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. So it's cool and a really fun, uh, scary rewatch. If you like scary movies and you're looking for a, a scary movie to watch on, maybe, uh, Friday night or something. Check it out. You're next. That's my weekly recommend. I will pass along the duties now to Richard and Brian. Have a great show. I'm sure it will be amazing. <laughs> hey I'm out. Right. Got him. All right. We'll be right back with the Maze Runner, the Death Curse. Cure. The Death Cure. <laughs> One of those. We are joined by our guest, who has been uh, a longtime subscriber and listener to the show, and now a VIP member and a friend of ours, uh, Sean Lowry. What's up, Sean? How are you, man? What's up, guys? Good to have What's you, dude. What's going on, Sean? <laughs> a little freestyle I just made up. <laughs> it's, good. it's a good run. So we've replaced Kent with Sean. Uh, it was a good trade. We also got a first-round pick in that deal. Permanently. Uh, we, yeah. have, we have Jerry Wested the heck out of uh, everybody else. But So, Sean, you've been a listener for a while. We've, we've been in contact via uh, the old Twitter and, and other means over the last few years. And you, I believe you wrote something for our newsletter last year. Am I right on that? I think that was... I did, uh, uh, for, for opening day. Yeah, Sweet. baseball. Sweet. So you... So uh, you, you've interacted with us plenty, and if you're a longtime listener, you may have interacted with Sean as well. Um, we, we have a couple questions we like to ask our guests, our first-time guests especially, right off the top of the show. And uh, you're probably very familiar with them, so perhaps you're prepared. But regardless, I'm going to ask you, <laughs> have you seen Now You See Me? <laughs> yes, I have. And it's funny because it's funny because I saw the movie. And Maybe I won't walk out. Is, if it's funny, Sean. Okay, so don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're right. It's not. Um, <laughs> so I walked out and said, I uh, said, well, that was terrible. And basically never thought of it again. Fast forward a year or so, or whenever I discovered you guys. <laughs> and now it's all I think about. Yeah. That's, that's us too. We, I never would have imagined when, uh, when I walk. When, when Richard and, Sh- and, uh, almost said Richard and Sean, I have replaced Kent. Uh, when Richard and Kent went to see Now You See Me at a screening and came back and were like, you, Brian, you have to see this movie. We have to talk about it. I was like, really? I don't. And uh, I would never have guessed that five years later that would still be our calling card. I'm really excited for some random person who's never listened to this show before but was like, I got to get some opinions on Maze Runner. And now they're getting <laughs> Now You See Me thoughts. Uh, go back and listen to the catalog. We probably reference it in every single episode. Uh, it's a terrible movie. 117 times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you think it's not a terrible movie, uh, you're wrong. So go back and listen, and we'll we'll explain why. Uh, and our second question, Sean, have you seen a little film we like to call MacGruber? Yeah, I love it. It's great. It's good. I was I was one of like four people. You yeah. guys being the other three, I think, that saw it in theaters. Oh yeah. no, just me. Yeah, just oh, me just and you, you? Sean, okay, so. and, and Eric Molenhoff. Shout out to the big cat. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah. We, uh, not to big cat. We saw it. So we, I, I, the day it came out, that same Eric fellow and I grabbed the DVD or Blu-ray or whatever at the time and Blu-ray. drove to Brian. <laughs> yeah. Drove to Brian's house and made him watch it. 
and we while we while we stared at him and then Brian and I years later, right? Yeah, yeah probably a good yeah. two years later, introduced it to Kent. Yeah. So it's nice. been a long time. It, but I, I consider myself a core along with you, a core member. One of, of the the, uh, the original the group. Yeah, original apostles there. Uh I've always said it was uh it's Val Comer's uh his two best performances are Tombstone and McGruber. <laughs> Gosh, he is—he's so great. I was talking to the rocket. Uh, one of these days, Richie, we've got—we've got to get Condor on the show and just—just just have him laughing in the background. There's nothing better than an Eric Mullenhoff laugh. It's—it's it's really Absolutely. fuels my if life. I, if anyone ever is dumb enough to get me, give you or me a talk show, <laughs> the first hire ahead yeah. of yeah. any kind of producer, director, writing staff. The first thing I'm doing is hiring. Mullenhoff to just be my Ed McMahon because yeah. he laughs at everything we say and it, it would just make us so funny and we get the audience laughing because there would be a giant blonde man giggling oh, the gosh. whole time so <laughs> we got to get him that that needs to happen such a perfect laugh reasons. too it, it just fills your heart with warmth uh so shout out to Eric there so okay let's get into our our very important discussion tonight uh we're talking Maze Runner I want to know Sean first of all and then, then we'll move on to to Richard what is I get you you're a you're a VIP plug the VIP club again so you you had the option of uh, of picking an episode to come on this <laughs> this show and uh, I I'll say to you a little just slight inside baseball I we have a friend of the show Ariel whose uh, show is called Geek One Hundred he's his podcast called Geek One Hundred One podcast and I heard Sean on that show as well. And you were talking Justice League there. So uh, I'm really intrigued by your decision-making process, number one. But, uh, but really, more than anything, number two, I want to know what's your background with Maze Runner, uh, books, movies, etc. And then just go ahead and give us your general thoughts on this movie, which is called Maze Runner Death, the Death Cure, not Death Curse, like I said going into the break, and have written 12 <laughs> times over the last couple weeks. So give, give us your background on, on the property at large. And then uh, general thoughts on on this film. Okay, well, to answer your uh, your uh, intrigue about why I choose terrible movies, I'm insane. So um, <laughs> it's yeah, it's usually just more fun to talk. I had that in the pool. So yeah, good. I win, Brian. <laughs> All right, drinks on me. All- also, this podcast doesn't exist. We're all in your head, Sean. No, 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 no. What it is is I am Richard. It's like Fight Club. Yeah, I was Richard the whole time. No, um, oh man, meet me at the carousel. Let's party. <laughs> right. uh, it, anyway, so uh, yeah. Uh, so as far as Maze Runner goes, like I act- I watched the first one and I watched it again. I pulled a Brian, decided to watch the other two before. Uh, before I watch this movie, because uh, I'm an idiot, and so um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I rewatched them. And the first one, I still contend is is an entertaining movie. It's sure. not a great movie, maybe not even a good movie, but it's entertaining. <laughs> and then um, the second one does what so many of these movies do: is it just like gets rid of everything you liked about the original, <laughs> like. I mean, just like it's all gone, and um, I haven't read the books. I hear uh, the the books explain a lot more and mm-hmm. and things like that. Because yeah, that's I was going to mention that too. Even though I do find the first one entertaining, like I still don't understand so many things. Like 
I, after watching it twice, I still don't really <laughs> understand the point of the maze. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not very smart, but uh, I still <laughs> think I'm missing something. So sure. And then this movie is, yeah, it's a uh, train wreck. It's <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> it's, this movie was so bad. I I would have walked out, but I didn't want to be. I would have pulled a Richard, but. Um, well, first I was we'll with get my to wife. That. <laughs> <laughs> I was with my wives, so I didn't want to just be like, "Yep, yeah, we're leaving." <laughs> and then I didn't want to be the guest who didn't watch the whole movie. So, um, it, you'd be automatically my favorite guest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, could have, <laughs> could have earned some points with with RB there. Um, okay, for that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so not a not a book reader of of these films. I don't know if you read books in general, but, oh, wait, but not yeah. not these films, not these books. Uh, and and sort of a, a strange relationship with. It. Got it. Okay. Uh, Richard, self professed. You've never. I, I know you've never read the books. You've never seen these movies. You you you've taken in a, a part of this film. Um. So. I guess I want your general thoughts, but I, I more than anything, I just want to know uh, how you're feeling about with your with your hour ish experience of Maze Runner. How, how you feeling about Maze Runner, just in general? How's how's that sitting with you? Well, okay, um, I didn't. I was confused because I, I <laughs> probably would have been less confused if I'd seen the first two films. It's likely. Um, it's likely. But, yeah, but I spent an hour an hour with this one good hour maybe an hour 20 even um then i left okay first i was better than i thought it would be i thought this would be like transformers level bad Uh i didn't know this is like a just a bad movie secondly and i'm not too bad (laughs) yeah i had to google this afterwards and do research i spent the entire (laughs) not kidding about this i spent the entire time i was in the theater Waiting for Shailene Woodley to show up. I thought it was those, those movies. Is it not? Nope. Not what those. are those called? Those are diver- Divergent. Divergent. Yeah. Diver- I thought this was Divergent the whole time I was watching yeah. it. Divergent is way, um, way, way worse. Than see, this. Okay, so yeah. those are bad. Yeah. Okay, see, that's what I thought this was going in, and I yeah. host a movie podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. Pretty great. Pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, maybe she different. died in the second one. Like I was just confused. <laughs> <laughs> so great. That's this makes me so happy. Uh gosh. See, I told yeah. Richard he didn't have to do the tonight's episode since he hadn't seen these movies. And now I man, we would be missing out on <laughs> on priceless Mad About Movies history uh without that. That's Patricia that's Clarkson though. So that was cool. <laughs> yeah. That was my other note. I'm gonna sure. look at my nose notepad. Yeah. It says better than I thought. Uh-huh. Shailene yeah. Woodley question mark. <laughs> and then Patricia Clarkson Doe. <laughs> I'll maybe I'll tweet Strong. my notebook for Strong. you guys. That was all I love it. Hour and a half. I love it. All yeah. right, we'll see you next week. Uh yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. Man, this is fun. <laughs> Okay, so, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. So there's going to be a and I lot. Apologize. Of... I I normally would sit a movie like this out, but Kent already couldn't make no, it. No, you're and good, Sean. You're good. It's before you that I'm here, and I'm normally more professional than this. And uh, <laughs> so I won't I won't crap all over this because I didn't. Yeah, I did not go with the proper context, but uh, I wanted to be here since we had a guest. Yeah, it was important to meet Sean and give him the full, ma'am, experience. And uh, <laughs> so me being confused and incoherent. 
that's it's well, about let's spot face it, that's experience. That's pretty normal. Spot on. So I appreciate so, your sacrifice, yeah. Richard. Hey, my pleasure. My pleasure. Now you two get into it. Yeah, but let be, me know when Shaggy hey, Woodley but, shows yeah, up. Right, but but better than you expected, right? Like better than Divergent. That's, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I thought it was standard, a Divergent. Sure. Yeah. I thought it was a Divergent okay. uh, thing. I understand and, that uh, confusion because they they look fair. Very or am I really to, stupid? No, I think you're. I think you're. I mean, it's obvious I'm stupid, but am I? I don't yeah, engage. It, it's basically those movies with a maze, right? I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, and like, I, and like oh, I the did, best version I did of like those the movies. Maze. Yeah, I yeah. did like the maze. Yeah, so it's odd. So I've read these books. Uh, whenever I don't know, maybe probably not when they came. Probably when the first movie was about to come out, I, I would guess I read them, and that, they're fine. They're not. They're solid. Like YA is an interesting genre, both in book and movie form, just because uh you know they're not great but they tend to do pretty well and and there's you know there's variations in that I, i'm fascinated by the genre just because of uh how quickly they get just cranked out in book form and how these like series come out of nowhere like i've never heard of this and then all of a sudden there's six of them and and how all of this this works and and how they translate to the movies um i think i put this up on our, our vip page today just asking for like what are your thoughts on YA in general and the movies and, and, you know, is there, are there good ones or bad ones are the ones you like, you hate, et cetera. And, uh, I think, I think this, and Richard, you may be able to comment on this as much as anything. This kind of starts with Harry Potter, right? Like Harry Potter is kind of the precursor to YA yeah. as a wide genre, I think. Yeah. 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 I, I remember it was that, um, Aragon was big, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's post Harry Potter, but I'm trying to think kind of the OGs of the YA, mm-hmm. uh, which is what my back tat says. Also, <laughs> um, I worked in a bookstore during these years. I worked in a bookstore from like 2006 to like 2010 ish, maybe. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, and so there was. I was always. I always hated this genre. It was in a really annoying place in our store. I'm very easily agitated. <laughs> So I had to walk really far whenever people would come in and ask for it. So I hated it for that. And then we would always have to have these midnight parties full of, yeah. uh, pubescent teen, you know, kids and, uh, you know, in their lines, with their, their bubble gum, uh, <laughs> turning the norm. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, so I just like had a lot of large resentment towards it. Now there's a lot of good stuff in here. Harry Potter being, being uh premium and there's a lot of older stuff too that kind of is mm-hmm. retroactively right. put in like Lois Lowry, right? The mm-hmm. giver and yeah and uh Nar- Narnia, Game, some, yeah. Narnia even kind of Lord of the Rings sometimes is sure. I mean it's more hard sci fi but it can kinda is right. read by the same mm-hmm. So there's there it, it be it has become like kind of supplemented with past things kind of looking for a home and put in there. It normally sure. is has sort of a fantasy or sci fi bend to it. There's uh there's a there's a sort of uh there's a and it goes through phases, you know, which, by the way, one can mock it for, but he can also say the exact same thing about adult sort of mm-hmm. genre entertainment. Sure. It's like vampires and then zombies and then whatever's hip at the moment and, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and mazes, apparently. Lawyers. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for, I don't know, like word jumble hunter or something. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, it was, it was so, so there's, I have kind of that knowledge, but then this was, I guess, after my time at the bookstore. So sure. I, I didn't know. Sure. I kind of got out right in the mid twilight administration. <laughs> uh, and so I didn't, uh, I don't know, you know, some of these, but, but you certainly, I mean, it's, it, I, 
they have the potential to be huge properties. And so I, I mm. kind of, they have yeah. built in fan bases. They have young fan bases. Um, they're great vehicles to launch young actors from. Yeah, totally. Uh, which is, uh, a big part of their kind of, at least in the movie world, their role kind of in the culture is like, Oh, that's where, you know, so-and-so came from, um, at least to a mask thing. So yeah, I, I, I think they serve a great purpose. I'm, I'm fine with them existing, but, but, uh, I don't, I don't, uh, sure. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I got you. So I've but read, a, I, I, <laughs> I've read a lot of these books because for, for a good stretch of time, it, because they're easy. And I like that. Like there's, I'm the last like three years I've been very conscious about, I got into like a really bad book rut and we recommend a lot of books in our weekly recommend segment over. And so I've tried really hard over the last few years to, uh, not just diversify, but like read stuff that's a little more challenging and is a little more really intellectual good. and good and whatnot. But but for a, a, a long stretch of time, I I kind of treated books the way that I do video games, which is like I don't play very many video games. I'm not particularly good at video games. When I play, I'm typically going to play Madden or FIFA, and I'm going to play at the lowest level possible. And just try to score 100 points in football or like 12 goals in FIFA, you know, and just like just dominate. That's all I want. And so it is a uh, it is like a, a stress relief and nothing more. And so anyway, so I've read I look I'm looking at like all these YA books that were and, and movies that were uh, that were suggested on, on the Patreon page. And I, I think I've read all of them. Like I've read The Divergence. I've read maze runners i've read some of the percy jackson's i've read the hunger games like blah 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 blah, blah. i have not read twilight thank god but uh all of these books were i think you're spot on richard like we're very we're prime real estate for uh, development into movies and it's been interesting to see that progress to the point of like drying out on screen with Eat, like hunger games started really really strong way better than anybody expected just from a financial standpoint got huge and then by the last of that that part 2 Mockingjay part 2 it had really kind of uh dried out it wasn't wasn't doing so well Percy Jackson died quickly even the twilight movies like the last couple of twilights did big business on opening weekend and then nobody saw them after that they were in, kind of in and out of theaters for for movies that made you know 500 million dollars domestically like they came and went really fast divergent has gotten so bad that the last one got pushed to like a made for TV movie and then ultimately has just never been developed at all. So it's, Oh really? Yeah. So, so it's, it's interesting. Maze Runner to me is like these movies, uh, like I, I, I kind of don't even consider Harry Potter YA, at least from the movie standpoint, I don't think they're as good as the hunger games were, which like catching fire. The second one in the hunger Games series is, is I think is a really good action movie and enjoyable. And, and those movies hold up pretty well, but maybe in part because, they have Jennifer Lawrence who's, you know, has, is, is great. She's just great. And so they're, they're easy to watch, but I think these movies in general are, are a lot better than most of their contemporaries, which is not necessarily to say that they're all that good, but they're, I feel like they're, they're still pretty decent, like throwaway kind of, uh, younger action movies and whatnot. Um, the first one I think is fine. I, you know, Sean, you said the second one really, screws things up pretty strongly and i think you're right but i don't mind it for some reason i don't i i hadn't rewatched this movie i don't think since theaters since it was in theater but i I watched them both in the lead up to uh to this film coming out 
and just to kind of remind myself of of what was had, what had happened. And I, I I think they're pretty decent for for what they are. This one uh, to me is the worst of the bunch, and it very much reeks of the uh, the the la- or the the gap in time between second and third, which is maybe partly due to bad planning, but partly due because the the guy, Dylan O'Brien, the, the lead got injured on the set and that led to major delays and stuff like that. So it's, it's not all their fault. Um, I think that this movie in particular and the series at large would have been much better served if they would have gotten this one out right after uh, the second film, which was the scorch trials that came out in 2015. So if that comes out, if this movie comes out in 2016, I think it, kind of uh it has a much better vibe going in and and maybe just feels like something that is even if it's not completely relevant like it's not totally irrelevant and that that to me is what has kind of happened with YA in general but but these movies maybe in particular we've we're too far out um from from when they were maybe <laughs> like at their heyday um for at least for people that are our age right like not necessarily uh, the kids. I want to dig into a little more specifics here in a second, but I will say, like, I hadn't thought of these movies outside of kind of generally scheduling this uh, as a movie we were going to be reviewing whenever that came across a few months ago. I hadn't really thought about these movies since Scorch Trials came out, and uh, I kind of just assumed no one gives a crap. I thought our theater that my wife and I went to to see would be relatively empty, even on a Saturday night. I was like, I just don't think anybody cares. Completely full. Number one, like a completely full theater. We were the oldest people in the room by 20 years. Um, and I mean, it was, I had no that idea. violate your probation? Yeah, I know. Like I had to get a waiver <laughs> from my, my probation officer, but it's fine. Uh, he and I are on good terms, but no, it was, we were, we were, we were very much the oldest people in the room and everyone around, I, I'll tell you this, like sometimes sometimes I sit down in a theater and I'm like immediately annoyed by every person in the theater. Usually when it's olds, I'm usually like, gosh, this, all these old people are just going to talk the whole freaking movie and they're going to sneeze and cough. And it's just going to annoy the crap out of me. And teenagers usually kind of bring that same. You're just like, Oh, this is going to be ridiculous. Way more entertaining of a movie. Uh, thanks to all these kids who are just like living and dying on every scene of this random movie <laughs> that I had no idea anybody cared about. Um, as we were getting towards the end, there's a, uh, without going into spoilers, there's a character death towards the end that the, uh, I'm going to guess the, the 14 year old behind me was just bawling. <laughs> she just was, and, and whimpering and like just screaming, no, no, because of this death. And it just, I don't know, it, it added to, uh, my <laughs> my enjoyment of the movie because it felt like being in a theater with people who actually cared and I I didn't see that coming whatsoever so uh it was I look I'll, I I don't think these are particularly good movies I think this is the worst of the three I'm I, you know the series has run its course it's done but I, I to me there's a there's a I I don't know there's like kind of it's this is kind of the way station between uh the Twilights the Divergence the Percy Jacksons of the world and the i don't know the hunger games and then up to the harry potters and and so on and so forth so i I don't think they're i don't think they're terrible and and this is not like the worst ending to uh to a you know a a relatively harmless series of films so um let's go positives first sean something is there is anything you want to point out that you liked uh that, that that jumps out at you as something that uh that carries carries well through these films or or this film in particular 
Um. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's a good start. The, good start. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, the uh, the opening scene wasn't terrible. It gave me hope that the movie would be at least watchable. Uh, it of course turned out to be a giant lie, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the opening scene wasn't wasn't awful. Um, Very Fast and the Furious on that. Yeah, and like. Uh, I mean, there was a couple problems with it. Like, I mean, like it couldn't the plane or jet or whatever that thing is. Like, it couldn't it couldn't hit the the jeep with rockets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, whatever. I mean, that that kind of stuff happens, I guess. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, the opening scene wasn't too bad. Um, the performances, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of out on uh, what's his name, Dylan O'Brien. Yeah. I mean. Uh, yeah. Ryan, you saw that that mm-hmm. other movie he was in, right? The American, American Assassin. Assassin. Yeah, that was awful. <laughs> yeah, and he and 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 here's the deal. This is an interesting thing for me. I, first Maze Runner, I was like, okay, I see, I can see this guy as not a movie star, but as like a Paul Walker. He he could be right. the, he could be the third or fourth guy in fun action movies and stuff, and and that wouldn't be unreasonable. I still think that's there. Um. But I feel like I feel like Hollywood maybe has decided that he can be more than that, and I don't I don't know that that's true. That American Assassin wasn't good. I think if you honestly, and I'm biased towards this person, but like Taylor Kitsch plays the villain in that movie. If you just put Taylor Kitsch in the lead role, I think that movie would have been two grades better, just because he kind yeah. of fits. You know, this kid. Um, I, you know, he's kind of got a baby face and it's, you know, he's not, it's not that he's too young, but he, he certainly seems to play younger than he, than he actually is. And, uh, which works great for, for Maze Runner doesn't work so well for, uh, international assassin in that, uh, that Michael Keaton movie, but, uh, yeah, carry on. Yeah, it's carry, like yeah. the only movie that can make Michael Keaton unwatchable. <laughs> like... Well, multiplicity, but yeah. No, no, I'm with you. I'm with well, you. yeah, I forgot sense. about that one. I'm but, with you. Yeah, um, but yeah, G- Giancarlo, Giancarlo Esposito, he mm-hmm. was he was really good. Um, uh, I like I liked him a lot. Uh, th- he was probably what I liked about the second one the most was sure. when he showed up. Um, <sighs> yeah, and then like they just totally waste Walton Goggins, yeah. like just yeah. like. Yeah. Completely wastes him. Rough couple uh, years for the Goggins. I think it's going to be a rough year, yeah. Because isn't he in that Tomb Raider movie yeah, coming up soon? He, he is. Yeah. So is. I think, and if you remember, that was my first pick to be on. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I knew that would be terrible too. Yeah. Just came off a solid cameo along with one of the two broke girls on Big Bang Theory though last <laughs> week. So things are going pretty solid. That's good. That's what you that's what you want from him. Yeah, he's you know, he he has Ant Man and the Wasp, so he's got that maybe to hopefully hang his hat on. I, I need him in every Tarantino movie from here on because I I love gosh, I just think he fits the he understands the the uh the tone and the tenor that you need with, with Tarantino dialogue as well as anybody. So I'd love to see him I'm a huge Goggins fan. Uh I'd like to see him do well, not not be <laughs> not be relegated yeah. to, to this stuff. As I well. like him a lot too, and um but I, I I would like to see him with a little more range. And I thought like when he when I first heard his voice, I thought maybe they would do something cool with him because yeah. I kind of feel like he's always playing Boyd Crowder. 
and mm. uh, from Justified, sure. and and he's great at that. But I would like to see him do a little bit more. But uh, this movie gives him like two scenes, then he dies for no reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yes. Like, oh, yes. Was I supposed to say that? No, Sorry. you're good. We're all in spoilers at this point. It, it, we're okay. we're good to go. Yeah. No, I, I I'm with you there. It I, that maybe is the that might be the the worst thing about this movie is it very much feels like and i i've looked and i can't i haven't dug deep enough so maybe it's it's out there i feel like this was one if they i'm not sure they ever announced it but i think they were planning on turning the final book into two movies same way as uh, hunger games same way as divergent attempted to do and i don't think ever got to to finish got to was never allowed to finish for humanitarian reasons but th- i i think I, I really, especially having seen this movie now, I think they were really planning on doing two movies instead of uh, this final one. And as a result, you know, if that if you're in that process, if you're thinking we're going to get two movies to finish this out and instead it gets chucked down to one, I think you probably should just go back, go back to the drawing board essentially and start over and figure out how to plot it out because... Number one, these movies should never be more than a hundred minutes long at most. Like that's that sh- there should never happen that a a Maze Runner movie is is two and a half hours long. Uh, the plot is all over the place, and to your point, Sean, because of that, you get like Walton Goggins, who to me is a great actor and can be used in a really maybe not a wide variety of ways, but in a very specific way, really, really well. And instead, mm-hmm. he, like you said, he's in two scenes and uh, and not much not much else going on around him there. Giancarlo Esposito is kind of the same way. Like that guy's a great American actor, and he's not he's barely in the movie. Uh, I, Barry Pepper is one of my favorite. Uh, just <laughs> random. I said by the way, Giancarlo Esposito is American. He's actually from Denmark. Would have never guessed that. So uh, anyway, he's he's an excellent actor that they barely use. Um, I love Barry Pepper. He's like. I think everybody has these like random character actors that uh, like I perk up when this guy comes on screen and it's a bummer because he's like perpetually in terrible movies. And that's, that kind of stinks. Like every once in a while he has a, he has a true grit or saving private Ryan or one of those sorts of things. But for the most part, it's a lot of, uh, (laughs) it's a lot of snitch and the lone ranger and just, just garbage, garbage films. I, I'm rooting hard for that guy. So to me, I'm looking at the like the real adult cast or the known commodity cast and seeing, oh sweet, Walt Goggins and, and Esposito and Barry Pepper and and you know Patricia Clarkson and and then almost all of them are are really not utilized correctly. Where you look at like a movie series like Hunger Games that yeah th- those movies are not about the older cast. It's about Jennifer Lawrence and. Josh Hutcherson and blah, 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 but they use Woody Harrelson and, uh, and Elizabeth Banks and, and on down the list so well to kind of, um, right. Just kind of prop up the rest of the scenes. <laughs> Whereas the, the, these movies, it's just like, Hey, uh, real quick, we got to get Barry Pepper in there for one more scene. He, he's got to go on to something different next week. So we, we need to get him in this last scene. And that's, that's problematic, especially when you're just spreading these, this movie out so, so far and so much, so much farther than it than it needed to go, um, yeah. So, like to me, Dylan O'Brien's fine in the role. I think the best of the younger actors within this is is uh, you know is is King is Ki Hong Lee, who I think is really good and is funny on Kimmy Schmidt. And I think 
I don't want to get too bogged down in racial stuff, but I think if he was white, he might already be too big to be in the third lead in this movie. Like he's really, he's got presence. He's, he's got timing, all this sort of stuff. I'd like to see him used a little better. And instead they just stick him in a jail cell for the bulk of the movie, which is, which is pretty frustrating as well. So I I don't know. I just don't know how we're using all of these. If you're going to try to get through all these characters and all these plot devices and all of these things that are going to be taking place, like, surely we could figure out a way to kind of to scale it down or hone it in and figure out what what works what doesn't work and and move on from there and kind of highlight those if that makes sense yeah so i don't know but west ball director west ball is not done just a whole lot of stuff before or after so that that may be yeah i I have i actually have no idea what he's done (laughs) yeah it's it's not a lot it's mostly this so maybe that's the i don't know maybe that's the key but uh Get them checks, West Ball. Uh, okay, so not we don't have a whole lot of positives. Um, I'll say I don't. You know, it's it's watchable, uh, <laughs> which sounds like such a such a slap in the face. I really don't mean it as that. I I think there's some there's a certain amount of credit that a movie like this should get for just being um, relatively watchable when you take into consideration Divergent and it Twilight totally is. and and all that sort yeah. of stuff. It's a professionally made movie, which sure. is more than a what those divergent movies apparently are (laughs) you know it's like you know those yeah those are so terrible it's you know it's it's actually you know uh it was confusing but that's on me so uh with with uh with you know i'm not gonna i won't put that on the film i'll I'll own that one but uh but uh it was it it certainly was you know it was especially made thing i've I saw anyone, you know, there was, yeah, like you said, there's actors in it that kind of show up. I'm like, oh, whoa, okay. That's not Shailene Woodley. That's good. <laughs> I think I may, um, I think I may have found our next, uh, bet film. Like whoever has, whoever loses has to pay off the bet uh, by watching the Divergent series. That would be, <laughs> that'd be pretty rough for, for you, especially. I think Kent would, it would also hurt his soul a little bit, but maybe, yeah, he he's, he'd get angrier than me. <laughs> I'd lean, I lean in. But have fun. you done a solo ep yet? No, I, I, I did uh, soccer talk, but uh, but I haven't lost anything at this point. I'm my record <laughs> is spotless in the uh, <laughs> in the challenge department at this point. Maybe movie draft will put that to the uh, to the test this year. We've yeah. got to get. Can- By the way, we you and I we need to remind him. I know he, he's it's like he he wants us to forget that he has to do this, but he still has not done his grown ups two solo podcast. Oh, we got to yeah. get him. On I, that. I I I would. Yell, but I took yeah. six months to do uh, whatever the one I don't even remember. Oh, the ma- son of the mask. Yeah, that episode was awesome. It was it was so great because you talked about son of the mask for like you you, you gave like eight words about son of the mask. eight more than than, than you should. <laughs> My favorite thing about that is that uh, when future societies look back on our time, the historical record, as it were, of this time. Uh, they're going to think that you were just a big son of the mask fan. We're like, man, this guy did a solo podcast. And by that point, we won't be able to hear the audio. They'll just be able to see the record. You know what I mean? They'll be like, oh, this guy is just super into son of the mask like 15 years later. So that's what I'm hoping for anyway. Uh, I'm going to cool. make Good. sure we uh, sure we play that at your funeral. So um, I'm going to buy the uh, Jamie Kennedy experiment on uh, experience experiment. I don't remember. There's one's Jimi Hendrix and one's Jamie Kennedy. I don't know sure. which is which. Both great artists. Um, <laughs> One clearly but, better than the other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
Okay, only only one was in Scream movies, so I think exactly. you know who. I don't know that Jimi um, Hendrix was ever X'd, so. I... <laughs> um, but I'm going to buy the, the DVDs of that just to kind of support the case. <laughs> Real excuse people. So you own three copies of Broadcast News and uh, the entire Jamie Kennedy experience. Okay, uh, strange. Uh, so... <laughs> Someone finds Richard's apartment in the apocalypse and it's wallpaper yeah. out of the massacre. That's perfect. It's perfect. We're going to make sure that happens post haste. Um, all right. So let's, let's, let's knock out some of the, the negatives and let's get on to grades and, and get out of here. Cause we've already spent uh, all of the time that, that a maze runner deserves. Uh, Sean, anything jump out at you as particularly worth noting as far as the negatives or, or you know, why things exist within this world that exists? Anything that jumps out at you? Uh, yeah, the f- like five or six deus ex machinas were pretty <laughs> bad. <laughs> yeah. Why is this? It was so long, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was as long, long as Star Wars. Yeah. That's insane. Like. Oh, I, I mean, I thought it would be about two hours, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you know, no reason, maybe, yeah, or even af- even without credits, but it was just it, it just wouldn't end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't end, and you're you're totally right. You get like you get a solid six endings through the like we have to spend right. we have to spend a solid four to five minutes on character deaths for, I mean, really, I'm not I'm not exaggerating. At least five characters, right? Like we have to spend. Well, now it's time for we got to let Teresa have her moment. We got to let Newt have his moment. We got to let and on down the list, and it just gets to a point where it's it's unrelenting down the down the stretch. I I got to be honest. I probably had this as like a I don't know, maybe even a B plus going into the last I don't know thirty ish, thirty forty minutes. Just on like yeah, this isn't this isn't great. My expectation was low. That always helps. Uh, with a movie like this, but I was like, it's fine. It's it's a solid ending. And that last thirty minutes, it, you, you're you're dead right, Sean. Like it it's it drags, it drags and drags and drags. Uh, Richard didn't have to experience this, which is nice, but it, it, it drags on, and you just get so many false endings. And then, oh no, we're still going. Okay, let's carry right along, and we've got to have this huge drawn out scene with with Jansen and it just it got to a point where I I wanted to yell at the screen just finish it already roll credits you know uh but again every uh preteen girl in my in my theater was was not feeling the same way so there's you know maybe they know their audience and and we're just we're old and decrepit and and not the audience that's, anymore that's clearly what it is yeah yeah I think that's I think that's part of it uh literally I'm not kidding guys the girl behind me when uh again we're super into spoilers when newt dies she just is wailing and just she 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 goes he's just so beautiful so i was having the time i mean i was i was dying man it was so funny and to be fair like all of her her friends were clearly laughing at her which was you know just added to uh added to the experience but it really was kind of like being in there's nothing better than going to than seeing a comedy where the audience is really into it and is really catching all the jokes and is laughing along and stuff. So I will readily admit that probably added to my experience here. It was just like, everyone here is super into this and it's, it's making this, uh, it's making this a better experience, but gosh, yes, the, the ending, the endings, uh, that just drag on and on forever really, 
really took a toll on me. And and I'll say this too, my point earlier about how it feels like there's kind of two films meshed together. First half of the movie, almost no jokes. No no levity, no uh no bits, nothing like that. Second half of the movie, a lot. A lot of jokes, a lot of weird, not quite inappropriate, but not necessarily appropriate uh bits and and weird throwaway lines and stuff like that and that's that's always weird to me you've got to you got to work that in throughout or or cut it out altogether in my opinion so i don't i don't know how that came across in the, in the scripting and the i'm assuming extensive storyboarding that uh went into this this film series but that was a that was a strange a strange way to go about it um i i'm done i don't know if you guys have anything else richard you you saw 23 and a half minutes of this you got anything to oh add how or? dare you at least <laughs> twice that um, yeah are, are we gonna play how how long did richard last <laughs> i gave it away you know I gave it away i i i somewhere around an hour hour and 10 hour and 20 i didn't uh i didn't uh check when i walked in or when the movie started i didn't get it to the minute um but adding 15 minutes to, for previews or whatever or 90 minutes for previews <laughs> these days <laughs> oldest joke ever um that uh yeah probably round round about i was just like i you know after this it's all gonna be resolution of not only this film but the previous two films Mm -hmm. and i don't know what any of that resolution is so i've kind of i understand the aesthetic and i'm gonna go march for water rights in north dakota with charlene (laughs) or whatever name is because she was certainly wasn't here and i I think I just remember the other another important the kid from Love Actually too, right? Yeah, Isn't that what that kid yeah, is. That's that's Love Actually, and for any uh, any parents Nowhere out there, boy. he's the voice of uh, of Ferb on Phineas and Ferb, the greatest kids TV show of all time. Uh, so he's, he's pretty funny. Yeah. I just remembered, <laughs> I just remembered one of the other key and very important cast members in the divergent series. Uh, the actor is miles Teller. So miles Teller and Shailene Woodley in oh, the same series of films. Yeah. Whew, that's a, we hate him. Don't we? Whew, that's tough. <laughs> that's real tough for everybody to, to take in. That's a, that's a lot of braggadocia. Anyway. Um, so that's all I've got. Sean, do you have any closing thoughts? Anything you want to add that we haven't touched on to this point yet? Um, no, uh, I guess I pretty much covered it, but yeah, I was just, I was just, I was so, I've never been happier to leave a theater. I just, I really hated it. Like, like you said, it was watchable. I don't think it's watchable. All right. It's fair. Like, and then like the, the, like the ending ending, like, you know, like the 17th ending Mm -hmm. when like the, the plane shows up, it's just like, how did they know that that was very, it's just, yeah, I could it quickly deteriorated into like action movie trope that right. didn't, which I'm fine. Like I don't mind action movie tropes and they're tropes for a reason and on all that. So it, it is what it is, but you would like for there to be even one line of, of, uh, of exposition to like explain how these things can continually happen. Um, or, you know, or you have to be, I don't know. I, I think this movie, it seems to me like Wes Ball, the director, spent the last four years watching the Fast and Furious movies and just thought, well, I'll just kind of make that into uh, Maze Runner. And that doesn't, it doesn't work. 
because you don't have Vin, you know, Vin Diesel and The Rock and and so <laughs> on and so and and there's just a real clear identity of those movies that you can't it's impossible to infringe upon that because they they've they've done it so much better than anyone else has. So it's like it's fine for the runway in Fast 6, Fast 6, right, to be uh 37 and a half miles long because that works within these movies. Th- this movie maybe just I don't know, like throw a GPS tracker or something. Like even now you see me as GPS trackers, like throw one of those in there so we can figure out uh, why the plane can find them despite there really being no, anyway, these are, these are like, in some ways these would be like minor complaints, right? Like we'd be like, eh, you know, movie magic, you just have to kind of roll with it. But when there's so many of them, to right. your point, Sean, and they just keep stacking up at a certain point, you have to be like, come on guys, we could have, surely that could have been cleaned up a little bit. So, and uh, it, was, it was just so predictable with like, they're on the roof and you know exactly what's going to happen. The, uh-huh. They're going to come, yeah. they're going to come get him and she's going to fall down and die. And it's just, Oh, uh, and Oh, and you reminded me of something, the fast and furious thing. <laughs> they, they totally wasted the girl from fast and furious. Oh gosh. Uh, yes. She, yes. Yeah. It shows her like twice. It's not you can't even say like she was in two scenes. Like she has like two frames. I like, I literally didn't even know she was in this movie until like ten minutes ago when I was looking through the cast. I I had right. no I had no idea. And she's by the way she's really good. She's really she's good. Great. She's yeah. great on uh, Game of Thrones. Like that's somebody you huh? should probably be using. But you know we got to devote some more screen time to I don't know Jacob Laughlin or something. So not. Not necessarily the the greatest decision making when it all came down to it. So let's uh, let's go grades. Richard, your hour in your hour of Maze Runner. What's your what's your grade there? Mm, I'm gonna go C plus. Okay, C plus. Solid C plus. All right, Sean, what you got, man? Uh, I guess I'll go D. D. Okay, I am going to go. I'm gonna go. I think you're right, right there, Richard. I'm gonna go C plus. I might, I'll be honest. I might have gone B minus coming in. Sean, you've talked me down a little bit. Uh, it's just that, gosh, that extensive endings over and over and over again is really pretty. Is really pretty bad, and that it, it does leave something wanting for sure in a in a movie that's that's already ninety minutes too long. I don't know how you could leave something wanting there, but uh, that they sure sure managed to pull that off. So. That's By the what way, we got there. Yeah. Brian, just a little uh note for you. John Carlos Bezito, yes, born in Denmark, but to an American mother. Okay. Father was Italian. I think that gives him citizenship, so he is available. Okay. I mean What's it's up that? for tribunal and we'll pass it on to the <laughs> to the board. Okay. Good but day. I think he's at least moderately eligible for consideration for American treasure. All so right. we have Let's to check know. the check the dossier. Yeah. Yeah, we have to. Yeah, there's. <laughs> oh, Kent just got yeah. so angry. Oh no, it's a file yeah. scene. Yeah, we're going through file Shoot. scenes. I'm throwing <laughs> files everywhere. Dang, sorry, Kent. Sorry, buddy. Uh, we thought you were going to get a break this week, and instead, you got to go through some files. So, all right, so we're C plus, C plus, and D. Uh, I always enjoy movies early in the year when you know we've seen so few, and I like set up my Letterboxd 2018 list today, and uh, and so Maze Runner. Three, the Death Cure is my is the second best movie of the year so far in 2018 for me, which is pretty strong. Also, the horse movie. I always I always find that interesting to start the to start the year off. So C plus C plus and D, uh, not not super great. So that's our our first and probably only foray into the Maze Runner cinematic universe. So our throwbacks, <laughs> yeah. You know, so, on their so we can see the throwbacks. Yeah. Oh, what a time that will be. 
So let's take a quick break and then we're going to do some weekly recommends. All right, Richard, what is your weekly recommend? Hey, mine is a movie you can now find on Netflix. Uh, it's a Netflix Ridge starring McGruber himself, Will Forte. Uh, it's it's a interesting movie about National Lampoon. It is called A Futile Stupid Gesture. I believe that's what it's mm-hmm. called. And uh, it's it's uh, really interesting, really bizarre, formatically and funny. And uh, the cast is, is pretty stellar. And I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun uh, I, I'm interested in what I would think of this in the theaters, but as far as like a Netflix kind of mm-hmm. TV show mm-hmm. on my own sofa, I, I enjoyed it a great bit. Brian, have you seen it yet? Haven't. I just saw that it, I knew it was coming. I didn't realize that it was out yet. So I added it to the old queue and I think we may try to knock out like a, a bonus or a VIP episode on that at some point this next month. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see it. Yeah, it's very David Wayne-y. So like uh-huh. there's some overly Wayne-y issues with it that were my only crawls with it where it just kind of gets a little too you know that kind of sense of humor yes um but but it is fun to see people um uh kind of represented and and uh in weird ways for example seth green plays christopher guest (laughs) interesting you know what i mean it's like stuff like that so uh but martin mull's great teen american treasury should be he should and uh yeah and um (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah so it's it's uh it's pretty uh did you ever see um quick tangent brian did you ever see the um tim's vermeer documentary no about the guy i I know vermeer yeah i know what you're talking about but i've never seen it no you should watch that i think you'd really enjoy it but the the weirdest part is they bring in martin mole as like the expert (laughs) he's such an incredible painter and like art historian it's like gosh i hate people like that they're so good at things like that uh anyway sorry anyway okay sean what about you you got a weekly recommend yeah, I do. Uh, well, I have I have a side recommend. So uh, watch Gattaca again, or okay. uh, or for the first time if you've never nah, seen I'm not, it. I'm not going to do that. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone but Richard. Um, yeah, it's one of my favorite movies, and um, it's uh, I'm a big fan of like you know dystopias, both fictional and real. And um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, watch that. It's a lot better than, than these movies. Uh, <laughs> and then I was uh, I have a, I was reading a book uh, because I recently learned to read. And congrats, uh, congrats man. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's on Audible, but, you know, I wanted to try out my new skill. Um, so it's I know you guys are a big fan of uh, stand up and um, uh, uh, I'm going to mess up her name. Uh, Elijah Schlesinger. Yeah. 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 Dallas's yeah. own. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And she went to, um, well, for, I was reading the book and I discovered that she went to, uh, my college for, for a year. She transferred out, but, uh, K. Yeah. K. U. Uh, she's a green Hill, um, uh, in, uh, here in Dallas, which I used to live across the street from. And also I met Sean Bradley there once, Brian. So there's a trivia for you, but continue. Let's burn it down. Yeah, so it's <laughs> so it's called uh, Girl Logic, and uh, it's a lot of fun. It's kind of a memoir, kind of like just her sort of like rambling and you know doing some of her her material, and uh, I think it's really interesting. So sweet, yeah, check that out. Cool, 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 cool. cool. I like her stand up. She's she's very good. Um, all right, I'm gonna recommend since Kent's not here, I'm gonna take his place by recommending a uh, a documentary. 
documentary. Yeah, I'm going to recommend. It's called Lists, the documentary. (laughs) Um, No, so this is a I this series of documentaries popped up on uh, Amazon Prime recently, and I hadn't thought about them in a long time. I'll say up front, this is not like light material whatsoever. These are really heavy movies, um, but but they do sort of uh, they do come out well. So the Paradise Lost trilogy of documentaries is is now on Amazon Prime. Um, that's about a murder from this. The West Memphis Three, if you're not familiar, was a is three teenagers who were uh, accused and ultimately convicted of of a, a heinous murder in uh, in Memphis, West Memphis, Arkansas, in uh, the late 80s, and went to jail, and very quickly became clear that the prosecu- that there was something very wrong in the prosecution and the case against them, and and so on and so forth. Um, they kind of be- they became pretty famous, as, like Eddie Vedder took up their cause, and I think Johnny Depp was one of the ones as well. Like a lot of celebrities got on board for like this is not right; these people are innocent. We need to figure out. And uh, this series, this this filmmaker, he went and visited them. I gotta look up the years, uh, but he he visited visited them in jail early on in their their sentencing in two, 1996. I think was the first one, and then followed up a few years, few years later, and ultimately followed up a few years after that. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's giving away too much, but the last one, some stuff really started to happen as far as their case and their, um, appeal process and everything. So it's a, it is, they are fascinating documentaries. Like I said, that's not, it's not light material whatsoever. And uh, it's not like just put it on in the background and have a fun documentary time. It's not, it's not that kind of a show, but. Uh, man, they're really, really good and really have uh, a great deal to say. And I, I think if you start watching them and uh, just know that if you carry through through the third one, I, I think it does pay off really well. So uh, check those out if you if you get a chance. That's our weekly recommends this week. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about, I believe we're going to be talking about Molly's Game. And we have all kinds of fun VIP content coming your way soon. So check that out as well. Uh, but until next week, let's find out. Sean, where can we find you on the internet? Um, I do have Twitter, but I I never I never use it. Um, Fair. It might be better to look me up on Facebook. Okay. So. Sean Lowry on Facebook. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on on virtually all social media. I'm sure there's some I'm missing, but I try to stay on top of that. Flicker. At Richard Barden. Brian, where? Yeah. Oh yeah, and I don't do Letterboxd either, which is like the one I probably should yeah. do, but it's just so intimidating to me. <laughs> I'll give you a Very crash course. Good. You can teach me to I, Snapchat, and I'll teach you to uh, Letterboxd. <laughs> yeah. I can no, I think I could do it, but just like I barely get this podcast done, I'm falling <laughs> apart at the seams. Brian, where can I find you? It's been a rough month for for old RB. You can find me on Twitter at Beagle12. You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter, which will be out next Monday, February the fifth. Um, so look for that. Get subscribed if you're not. Check out our VIP page at madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. Sign up there for as little as a dollar a week to get access to all kinds of exclusive content. Find us on Twitter at madaboutmovies. Find us on Instagram at madaboutmoviespodcast. Uh, we want to connect with you. We hope you'll check that stuff out. Be ready next week for Molly's Game. And later this week, we will have a very special show in the VIP lounge only covering 
1993's Groundhog Day. So look out for that. But until next time, we will see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salad and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me yaya. Yeah, yeah.